Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Planted Podcast. So today it's just me and I just wanted to discuss a little bit about soy, hotly debated topic and something that I hear quite a lot, people being very fearful of soy. Is it good or bad ultimately? So that's the question that we're going to answer today. So before we start, just want to do the usual disclaimer. I'm just a fitness coach. Um, I love to research nutrition. I love to research about health, wellness, um, but all of my observations are just from the research that I've looked at, obviously, and the experts in the field. So soy can be a big part of the plant-based diet. And the reason I say can be is because there's lots of people who are allergic to soy, who choose to cut it out, and they live perfectly healthy, perfectly optimal plant-based lifestyles without soy. So while it's an amazing product, and I certainly use a huge amount of it, you don't have to have it if you don't want to. It's obviously very controversial, controversial, and the reason it's very controversial is because that a lot of people believe that there are certain things that happen when you consume soy, and we will discuss a little bit more of that as we go through. So, just a bit of um, insight. When I first went vegan, um, you know, there was lots of concerns going through my mind, and one of those was about soy, um, soy milk, tofu all these different things. So after a few weeks of being vegan and hearing a few different horror stories from various different people who told me that I was going to grow man boobs, who told me that if I consume too much soy, it will ruin my gains and my goal of building muscle would not be achieved. I actually decided to give up soy. I gave up soy milk. I switched to almond milk. I didn't consume tofu. I didn't consume any soy in my diet because I thought that it was not optimal. And I believed the people around me who were telling me this is a bad food. Um, and now looking back, obviously, I know differently and um, that's informed how I kind of consume my soy now and you know my opinion on it and how I help clients with that. So it's so it's so difficult sometimes not to be sucked in, but I'm just going to talk a little bit more about that as we go through. So why are we so fearful of soy? Now, some people are put off from soy because they believe it can promote cancer affect fertility, have a detrimental effect on thyroid health. They believe it can promote acne, affect your hormone levels, even cause man boobs, which is the big, big, big concern, obviously. So if we're going to talk about soy, we need to address the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room today is estrogen. Now, the fear generally comes from the fact that soy is thought to contain estrogen which it does. And the concern is that this can fuel the growth of breast cancer to lead to men losing gains, developing man boobs, becoming infertile, and a huge, you know, as we've discussed, a vast amount of other claims. But can soy really increase your risk of breast cancer? Now, the reason people believe this is because of the estrogen, as we know, and the concern is that consuming estrogen, consuming soy, could increase the risk by, you know, the soy acting as estrogen and fueling the growth of breast cancer. But soy contains phytoestrogens, and phytoestrogens are not estrogen. They look similar, they're very much like estrogen, but they're not estrogen. Uh, phyto is Greek word, it's a Greek root word meaning plant. And phytoestrogens are much weaker than oestrogen uh, in its normal form, in its mammalian form, but obviously does depend on different sources. For example, beer is uh, got a much stronger form of phytoestrogen in it, and um, obviously lots of men, lots of manly men who are concerned about consuming tofu burgers or tofu or uh, tempeh are, you know, drinking a huge amount of beer and then simply worrying about a soy dog or something like that. 
Um, so because of the similarities to estrogen, phytoestrogens can sit in receptors and block your mammalian estrogen from reaching its receptors. So this can actually have an anti-estrogenic effect and it might actually block the estrogen from attaching to breast cancer cells instead of spurring growth like once thought. So it could actually be beneficial. But if you are worried about estrogen, it might be worth considering milk. Now, the estrogen found in milk is much more like mammalian estrogen, and that's a type of estrogen that's produced in your body. So if you are concerned about breast cancer, if you are concerned about intaking estrogen, then that might be something that you want to avoid. Estrogen found in soy is phytoestrogens. Need to really hit that home. So watch out, men. There have been studies on mice that have shown lower testosterone levels after 20 milligrams of isoflavones. So that's just basically the phyto phytoestrogens in plants was given to the mice. The thing to note, though, is so that was 20 milligrams of isoflavones. That's equivalent of 57 cups of soy milk per day. So I don't know about you, but I've never consumed that amount of soy milk in one day. Uh, and there was another study that found zero testosterone changes when subjects consumed uh, three servings of soy per day. But until until 2007, the position on soy was very unclear. And I think this is where most of the fear has come from, because all of the studies were done on rodents, on mice, hamsters, rats. And um, it's very clear now that the way in which soy is metabolized in rodents is very different to how it's metabolized in humans so that's where the fear comes from and i think it's still present in people's minds because of that but we do now know a little bit more there's been uh, four to five studies i believe that have taken place since then on human subjects that have shown it's perfectly safe to consume in moderation it's also important to remember as well that soy is very 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 old and soy products may feel pretty new and trendy in the western world obviously but they have been around for a long time so soy was was cultivated in China around three to five thousand years ago and soy was very easy to cultivate as it grew in many different climates. Now the, the Chinese actually they figured out the process how to process the bean curd in soy to make tofu and ferment the beans to create miso, to create tempeh, all of those products that we know and love so much. It was actually in 1765 that soy first came to America. I don't know when it came to the UK, but I heard a story online that, um, you know, the ballast in the ships that balances out the ballast, uh, that balances out the ship, keeps it stable. They needed a really inexpensive way of, of doing that in China. So they loaded it with soybeans. And rumor has it, that is how soybeans first came to America. Soy is and was, still is, a huge part of Asian cultures. Now, there was a study of 73,000 Chinese women who had roughly one to two servings of soy a day, then they were 11% less likely to develop breast cancer than those who had less than five grams. And in Asian cultures as well, in general, it's worth noting that people who eat a lot of soy from a young, young age, there are a lot lower rates of breast cancer. So that's in societies where it's still eaten in its traditional forms, obviously. If we are looking at the really processed um, products that contain soy, obviously there could be some health implications there. But this is the things like, you know, tofu, tempeh, all the traditional forms of eating soy. So if anyone knows of uh, Brian Turner, the, the vegan bodybuilder on YouTube, on Instagram, 
He did an experiment recently, and this is anecdotal, of course, we can't use this as evidence, but just interesting to know and quite funny that he did a 30-day challenge where he consumed a pound of soy, one pound of soy a day for 30 days, which is pretty extraordinary. If you think in your standard pack of tofu, there's 396 grams, I think, in, in your standard pack, and to consume a pound, oh, well, I wouldn't fancy it. Anyway, so if we look at chronometer and we look at the breakdown of the macros on soy, you know, it's a really high source of protein, relatively low carbs and fats. So they do say it's very close to meat in its amino acid breakdown. So definitely not something that we want to shy away from too much, you know, unless you're allergic. If your sole concern is that you're going to develop man boobs, it would be a real shame to miss out on this amazing food, especially if you do have fitness goals and you're looking to optimize your macros. This is definitely something that's going to help you for sure. So just going into the varieties of soy that we can use. Obviously, we've got soya milk. And, um, you know, just to give you an idea, you get around 3.3 grams of protein, 2.7 grams of carbohydrate per serving. Then we've got tofu, obviously. And not, tofu, is it is processed, but it's minimally processed. And uh, as long as you're not getting a product with lots of different crazy ingredients in there, it's a, it's a very good way to intake protein and hit your macros for the day. We've got edamame, which is basically immature soybeans. And if you ever tried edamame, you'll be, you know, well aware of how much, how amazing it is. Um, you know, you have it a lot of the time in the sushi places. They bring it in the in the pods, and yeah, really good pre-dinner snack, that's for sure. And um, you know, around 100 grams, you get 14.4 grams of protein in there. Natto. I don't know if anyone's heard of natto, but this is uh, like a stringy kind of soy. I've not tried it, but apparently it tastes foul. Um, and yeah, it looks disgusting as well, but you get 33.9 grams of protein, very low carbs, and 19.2 grams of fat, but I am told it tastes like old cheese gone off cheese or something like that. So, I mean, I'd still try it for sure, uh, but not one that I've come across just yet. Tempeh, obviously a firm favorite of mine. I hear quite often, and uh, I believe this is by the Tofu Co. They have on the side of the pack, you know, tempeh is like tofu after it's been to the gym. So it's a lot firmer, it's a lot more versatile in my opinion, you know, I just prefer that texture and it needs seasoning. If you have it on its own, it's going to be pretty horrible, but yeah, it needs seasoning and um, it goes really well in pastas. You can make a really good vegan carbonara out of it, good ragu sauce, all that kind of thing. So protein, 20, 21.3 grams of protein and a good macro of carb. So yeah, not to be missed, not to be missed on that one. Miso, if you've not tried miso paste, where have you been? Uh, it's a really salty, salty kind of, hmm, what could you describe it as? A salty paste, that's the one, that's what I was looking for. And it, it's salty without the implications that, you know, table salt would have on our health. So it's a really healthy way to get that salty flavor in your food. And if you are a follower of Dr. Gregor and you have seen his cookbook, the How Not to Die cookbook, in pretty much every recipe is a bit of miso, white miso in particular, because it just is an absolute game changer. I mean, you put that into a dish and it just livens it up. I cannot believe the amount of times I've used this product in some quite, you know, unusual dishes. I mean, I wouldn't expect to use this product with a mac and cheese, for example, um, something that you associate obviously with the, the American culture, but he has a great recipe in there for mac and cheese and yeah, it just goes so well. 
So some examples of some recipes that you can make with soy products. So you can use tempeh to make a carbonara, as I say, creamy carbonara sauce. So you can blend up those cashews. You can add a little bit of turmeric, paprika in there and make a really simple carbonara sauce that's thick and tastes amazing. Put that with some whole wheat spaghetti and a bit of tempeh. Um, you know, cook up the tempeh as well, and you've got an amazing dish. Another one is one thing that we probably always do, simple tofu stir-fry. So adding cashews, uh, again, or whatever nut you fancy, and then a bit of tofu on there. It depends, obviously, with the tofu, how firm you want to make it. And if you buy it in, you know, the normal pack where, you, where it comes with water, you will need to press it. And this is one thing that I didn't do for a long time. I didn't, didn't worry about pressing my tofu. And ultimately, you just get quite a stodgy tofu. But if you do take time to put two plates together and press it, which put me off for so long, I was like, how can I possibly make this tofu malarkey work? You know, it was quite intimidating for, for so long. And I think that's good to remember because when you've been vegan for a while, you do forget how odd things are at the beginning. And I mean, it's the same with going to the gym, right? When you've been training for many, many years, and then you go into the gym, you don't think about it, but you have to imagine going there for the first time. And when you went there for the first time, it was a you know, really intimidating place. You didn't know where to put your stuff. You didn't know where to go. You didn't want to look stupid. And the same could be said for you know use, using tofu. I, I just had this plain ingredient in front of me. I didn't know how to season it. Didn't know what to do with all the water. So it is important to not be intimidated, but just take the small steps. And one thing I would recommend is buying a tofu press. So it's literally like a rack. You put the tofu in the middle and you squash it throughout the day. So throughout the day, you make it tighter and tighter and tighter. That drains off the fluid inside it. And obviously, the more you squash it, the firmer a tofu you're going to get. Um, I've not actually got one, but I do plan on getting one. And it's going to be a real game changer for how I prepare tofu, certainly. Another one is miso soup. Not too difficult to make at all, and you can put some really healthy ingredients in there, a bit of miso soup. Um, you know, it doesn't take too long to prepare. So these are all different recipes that you can include in your diet. And as I say, when we think about soy, we often just think soy milk, but there's a whole spectrum of different ingredients that we can include there. So in conclusion, I would say that Soy is a great ingredient to include in your diet. It's a common misconception that it's not good for you. Don't worry about man boobs. And obviously, if we consume like 40 kilograms, 4 kilograms of tofu a day, then we might be concerned about feminizing effects. But just consuming a few servings or, you know, once a day with your meal is not going to be an issue. It's only going to be beneficial. Um, if you are concerned about GMO or anything like that, then opt for an organic version and just pay attention to the ingredients. Just like with anything, just because it's vegan does not mean it's healthy. And just simply turning the packet over, looking at the ingredients. If it's mostly whole foods in there, then great. If it's got emulsifier, 221, whatever, all crazy things that you can't pronounce, then you know, is it really optimal for you to consume? Tofu can be processed, it can be made to taste really nice, um, but also unhealthy if we are buying it, you know, prepared in a certain way. But I hope this has helped, guys, just to reassure you that you're not going to develop man boobs if you have tofu once a week. But that's all for this week, guys. If you do have any questions or you need any help with anything at all, I'm only a DM away. You can find me at, at Planted Fitness on Instagram. You can find me by the same name on Facebook. And I'm on TikTok as the.vegan.coach. 
And if you do leave a review for the podcast, I'll be more than happy to invite you for a free coaching call. It's a free coaching call for anyone who leaves a review for the podcast and posts some feedback. Good, bad, indifferent, I don't mind. That's all for this week, guys. I will see you next week.